0: Hello Easters and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening, thank you for subscribing, thank you even more if you've bothered to go onto iTunes and leave us a review because it is really, really important. I know I tell you every week, but these things matter. Go onto our Facebook, like that with the little button thing, and also go onto Twitter and find us at jbeardmore.com. That's me, this podcast at the Rugby Dungeon, and of course there's Egg Chasers. Now for the more astute among you, you'll notice that this podcast is coming out on Thursday rather than its usual Wednesday slot. That is simply because yesterday we had the Egg Chasers midweek domestic pod coming out, as well as the Egg Chasers Sunday night pod. So basically we're giving you three podcasts in one week, because we're really good like that. Um... Yeah, so there you are, because we're really good good people. Today's podcast is with Lockie McCaffrey. Lockie is a guy who, in my opinion, is very, very underrated, very unheralded, but is an incredibly good player. I think last year he had a tremendous season and this year he's carried over his form and then some. Lockie has come through rugby the hard way, he has been with three of the five Australian franchises and then ended up, unfortunately for him, at London Welsh. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and Lockie has finally ended up somewhere where he belongs, in Leicester Tigers, one of Europe's top clubs and playing really, really well. Very interesting guest, and I think you're going to love what he has to say. Before we get into that, just a quick word to our sponsors. As always, Cornerstone, as always, Beer52. If you listen to any of the podcasts, you'll know exactly what to do, but basically, if you want razors or you want beer, and let's face it, everyone wants either razors or beer, or in some cases both, go for your razors to cornerstone.co.uk or go for your beer, Beer Beer52. Use our code, um, Egg10 at checkout for... Uh, for cornerstone and of course for B 52 it is rugby 10 do both those things it is much appreciated now here is my interview with Lockie mccaffrey
2: how are you mates good mate good thanks for thanks for having me involved
0: no problem at all so last two weeks you don't sound like you've been
2: training too hard um oh mate it depends depends who you're asking i guess um yeah, we we used it. I sort of used it as a little bit of a time to to freshen up the body. But um, yeah, the the trainers at Leicester are still pretty still pretty full on, and and um, the medical department made sure that that although guys sort of freshen up, it still isn't a time just to to do nothing um, and get unfit. So yeah, it was a good time to to freshen up, but just to also make sure the the body and the fitness levels were still right to go for a big block coming up now.
0: Hang on, so let me get this right. You flew all the way out to Hawaii, but you were still doing your training out there.
2: Yeah, not not obviously all the contact training that you <laughs> yeah. that you do at uh, Oval Park every day, but um <clears throat> yeah, I still took a fitness program with me and and it's pretty easy to to um tick all those boxes when you when it's 25 degrees and you spend most of the day outdoors and and um i had the company of my brothers over there too which was nice to um have some training partners with and and met some cool surfer surfer guys on the north shore which which um who included me along to their their gyms and stuff like that and showed me around so it was uh it was a pretty active two weeks even though I i was away from uh training
0: awesome are your brothers into rugby as well
2: Ah, uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, um, my younger brother, the one under me, Miles, is actually um over just training with um with us at Leicester for sort of two months. He plays back home and um he's sort of had two months off, so he's come over just to learn a little bit. And and Leicester have been awesome, including him um sort of as a learning curve for him. So hopefully, when he goes back home in January, um, back to Aussie, you know, it helps him and really he plays some good footy back there um and then the younger ones mate they're just pretty casual they they play at club level at eastwood yeah. rugby in sydney and they play just at school so um yeah mate they all they all just enjoy it and that's a, that's the best part about rugby how many brothers you got i got nine brothers and one sister sorry so the sisters nine sisters brothers put, yeah nine brothers yeah wow uh, um and one sister so yeah big family mate wow that's huge and all the brothers play rugby uh oh mate they all play rugby at different levels you know so um yeah you know everyone everyone's sort of quite outdoorsy back home so you always grow up in Australia playing two or three different sports and yeah mate everyone everyone gets involved in the in the touch footy on a weekend and, and stuff like that That's incredible so what's the age range Uh my sister's first she's uh 31 and then um my youngest brother's 6 so it's about twenty-five year, year gap from first to eleventh, but um everyone's really close and and gets on really well and looks out for each other, so it's a it's a really good family to be a part of. Don't mess with the McCaffreys then. Oh mate, no one's no one's too aggressive or pretty chilled <laughs> out, mate. So it's um Tell me uh,
0: How many McCaffrey's have been on a rugby field at one time?
2: Um mm, not that many together like myself and miles have played uh together at eastwood in first grade um and then the angus and and sam have played together in eastwood Colts um Mm. at times but i don't think there's been more than two on the field at at the at the same time so hopefully one day um you know when i go back to oz or something i can play with a few of them together um, but yeah, at the moment it, it's, it's just been two of us.
0: Ah, uh, cool. So there's no danger of the McCaffreys being the next lot of Tualangis then?
2: No, mate. I think genetically, um, <laughs> we're not as gifted as, as Manu and his brothers. So we're, we're a bunch of sort of skinny white guys. Um, so I don't think you'll see all of us playing in, in the, in the Prem and in France, mate, but, um, hopefully one day play together at, at Eastwood in, in the grades and stuff and, and chuck the footy around together would be, would be good memory.
0: I was looking back at your history and kind of your roots into rugby and where you are now, you know, you're one of the most important players in a playoff team. Just give me a bit about your background and your progression through, through the teams at super rugby.
2: Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a journey. So I sort of, um, I'm a Sydney boy. So after school went into the Waratahs Academy, etc. Um, moved my way up the ranks there. Played a few Super Games at the at the Waratahs. Um, then I fractured and dislocated my ankle and was out for just over 12 months. And it was a pretty, um, pretty annoying time when you're on the sidelines, uh, for over a year for the same thing. It, it wasn't great, and and sort of wanted a fresh change. So I went over to the Western Force for two years. Mm-hmm. Um. We didn't have much success there. Uh, it was sort of like as you can see, the Western Force now they're still kind of struggling. They find it hard to um, since they're the first come into the Super Competition to to put many good years together. So it wasn't it wasn't the most successful time, but it was a good experience to play some more Super Rugby um, and you know played in New Zealand and South Africa on a few tours then, which was which was good. Mm-hmm. Um then at the end of that two years I went to the Brumbies for a year. That was really enjoyable, played a bit more super rugby um there. Um and then at the end of that year got another offer to stay but I um I sort of thought it, I wasn't playing enough footy. I I'd only played about 20 super rugby games in those in those sort of 3 to 4 years, so it wasn't it wasn't much footy and a lot of it was on the bench. Um so I thought I sort of um, saw the opportunity coming over to England. I've got a British passport because my mum was born here. Yeah. Um, and from talking to people that have played here, it was a good opportunity to get some more rugby under my belt, you know, with the 30-plus games a year, you know, over here. It's a long season. So I thought that's what I needed. Um, unfortunately, the only sort of option I had at that point was with London Welsh. Um, And just sort, just have a crack, do it for a year, sign for a year, see how it goes, and and you know, worst case scenario, just come back to Australia after that. Um, So yeah, spent the first season in England at London Welsh, which, as most people know, wasn't wasn't the best year for us. Um, Yeah, the the team just just struggled. It's it's a very high quality the Premiership, and I don't think London Welsh realised that. They definitely didn't prepare um for that big leap from the champ to the to the prem and, and really struggled um but it was good to to play more footy in in one season that i'd ever played i played about uh most of prem games that year and, and some europe games so um you know got some rugby under my belt um and then at the end of that year sort of had to make some decisions what to do um and Leicester was probably at the top of that list um in terms of opportunities I didn't really want to go home to Australia after after 12 months at London Welsh. Uh wasn't the most sort of memorial, you know, wasn't the best year. Yeah. Um to just come over and then leave after that. So I thought, yeah, give Leicester Tigers a crack. Um such a big club. Um that if if you if you go well at Leicester, then it's something to really be proud of. Um, they're obviously really good back rowers when I came, so I knew I had to work hard. Um and then yeah, luckily enough last year Played some all right footy and, and was involved throughout most of the year, so it was uh, you know a lot better than I ever thought. And um, just trying to make sure I I contribute as much as I can this year going forward, and and hopefully go one better than last year in the in the prem and Europe. And it'd be amazing to to win a trophy with the with the boys and the and the squad here at, at Leicester.
0: Yeah, well I think you nailed it there. Leicester's a big club; it's always had a good back row. And I think, personally, you've really shone in that back row, particularly this year. So, just bearing that in mind, why do you think it was that you didn't quite stick in an Australian team? Because anyone who watches you now would have thought you'd be a shoo-in.
2: Thanks, mate. Thanks very much. very nice. But, mate, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, like, I think as a rugby player, you realise that... Um, you know, you, you might be at one team and, and the coach thinks you're great, and you, and you play 80 minutes every week, and and you play the exact same footy, and you train the same way at, at a different club with a different coach, and he and he just doesn't see the positives in your game, and, and he'll pick someone else every week. So um, I think that's the thing about rugby. You just, although you might do the same thing at, at most clubs um, you go to um it it sort of doesn't matter unless you sort of click in in the atmosphere you're in and, and the coaches who who are in charge of of picking of selecting the team each week so um unfortunately sort of in in Australia I had the same um same coach at the Waratahs and then and then didn't play much air moved to the Western Force and then 6 months later that coach got sacked at the Waratahs and came over to the Force so <laughs> the um the it way it is, wasn't. You? Yeah, it wasn't probably my luckiest year um, in terms of having a coach which sort of didn't get on with too well, and and no matter what I did that that second year at the Western Force, um, I, I, there was no chance of getting a look in. So, um, you know, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta cop it on the chin. Um, you just gotta keep working hard, and, and you know, um, you know you'll turn the corner at some point. Um, for me, that corner was sort of getting an opportunity at the Brumbies. Really enjoyed working under Laurie Fisher and Stephen Larkham. Um, that you know we we made the semis that year um, and lost to the Waratahs, who went on and won the comp the, the next week. So yeah, it was um, that was sort of a stepping stone after a few years where I didn't play much footy, and, and then it also gave me the opportunity of coming over and playing in the prem. So um, yeah, I'm not sure why it, it didn't work out totally in Australia, but. It's you know there's there's a lot of good players that um, you know it might not have worked for and then have come over to France and England and and played some really good footy and and you know you you just you just got to take the good and the bad and, and when you do get an opportunity which I have at Leicester with Mage and Cocker's um, you got to make the most out of it and and just try and, and try and go with it for as long as possible and 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 because you never know what what might happen next so. Um yeah mate I've been thrilled with the opportunity the coaches have given me at Leicester and I'm just very thankful and, and uh trying to repay the repay their faith in me by by playing my best each week. Just
0: tell me what's it like playing under Laurie Fisher because obviously he's at Gloucester now.
2: Yeah mate he's he's a very good forwards coach he um you know spent a lot of time with um us at the Brumbies in terms of breakdown line-out and scrum and And I know, um, the forwards coach I've had back in Australia, Laurie was, was probably one of the best. So, um, you know, I, I, yeah, he's a, he's a hard guy. He, he loves getting involved. He's very passionate about, about rugby and about coaching and he does have good, uh, good knowledge. And he, you know, he spends, I think at Brumbies used to come in about 6am in the morning and wouldn't leave until 7pm. So he's very committed. He's very committed to his coaching and he, um, and yeah, you know, I learned a lot off him in that year as a, as a forwards coach. Um, and then Bernie was sort of, you know, more more back but very very big into his skills and and um, understanding the game and, and vision behind the game. So it was a it was a it was quite a good mix there. And and the thing about coaches is you even if you don't get on with all of them, um, you know, I think every coach you have in in rugby career you you can learn you can learn something off. Um, even if he doesn't like you or you don't get on with him, they, every coach brings something different and, and you can you know even if you don't believe in everything he's trying to teach you, there's, there's, there'll always be one or two things you can take from it and, and improve yourself. So um, I think that's something I've learned being at, being at a few clubs in, in my career so far. You, you might not like everything the coaches say, but there's definitely areas um, that you have to listen to and, and take on board and, and improve your game individually.
0: So were you in a back row with with Pocock?
2: Yeah, I luckily enough to I played with him a few games over at the Western Force in my first year. Yeah. Um and then played a bit with him at the Brumbies, but he did his ACL that year, so um he didn't play too much footy, but um yes, I've spent a spent a bit of time with him back in Super Rugby and he's a a yeah, very professional guy, a very professional rugby player and he's um uh, you know someone someone you know special to play with you, you know, at, at uh guys like that it's it's pretty special to when you're getting ready in the change rooms and you look across and see the caliber of rugby players like that
0: how did he find not how did he find london welsh how, how did london welsh find you
2: um Uh not sure you'd, you'd have to ask the coach in the players i guess um i i think i was probably a little bit different to than the than the normal players they had at london welsh um I think we had a we had a you know a Welsh coach that was into the into the bigger forward you could say I turned up um at about 106 107 kilos from Australia um where a lot of the rugby's based on running rugby and yeah. and and having engines and and being able to go 80 minutes and then got to got to Richmond and and I remember one of the first things he told me is um you know I'm happy to pick you at number 8 but I want you to put on 4 or 5 kilos so did you manage it? Um, uh, yeah, like I, I did. Go, I got to about 110, 111 and I, I didn't really enjoy playing it that weight But um, he wanted all his forwards to be over 110 kilos, and I wanted to play. So sometimes you just got to have to do what you got to do. But um, yeah, it, you know, I was probably didn't really enjoy my rugby there much. Obviously, we didn't win many games, but also the style of style of rugby we were trying to play wasn't. Wasn't the most exciting. Um, mm-hmm. It was quite defensive, and and um, you know it, it probably showed showed at times during the year. Um, you know he didn't score many points at all. So um, you know it was it wasn't the greatest year, but there was some good experiences involved. Um, you know got to play with with guys like Piri Wipu, um there for 12 months. So you know you you learn wherever you go, and no matter how hard it is at times you you learn things as you go and I learned a lot that year both individually um you know living away from home on the other side of the world and it was good it was good for me to to uh grow up, grow up pretty quick and and also for to rugby just to um focus on myself and and make sure that no matter what happened um as a team I I I played well individually and and tried to get a contract um moving forward it sounds
0: like a stupid question but How do you go about putting on the extra weight that you needed to carry?
2: Um, it's pretty easy, mate, when you're living in Richmond. There's um, there's a few (laughs) nice gelato shops and a few um, few waffles, waffle shops down there and stuff like that. So it probably wasn't the best way to put on weight, but (laughs) when you when you have two or three weeks to before round one to put on four kilos, or sort uh, of um, probably went went about it the wrong way, but um, you know it. It, I'm much, I'm much happier now playing back at 106, 107, um, and, and playing the style of rugby that Majors brought to Leicester. There's no point in putting on four or five kilos when, when you, um, if you if you're not going to carry it well. So um, yeah, mate, I, you know, you just, you know, you, I wanted to play. Um, didn't want to waste, you know, come over all the way to England and, and not play. So I have to make the coaches happy and and try try and please them with whatever they needed. And, and luckily, I, luckily you know, I, I played a fair bit of rugby that year and, and it all worked out in the end.
0: There's a story which I've heard about a guy who went to uh, racing and the coach said, you need to come back and you need to be back at 120 kilos. He said, what, yeah. good, good weight or bad weight? And he said, no, just weight. So, uh, and, yeah. and he was a centre. So, uh, I don't know, 6'5", 110 kilos, not the end of the world.
2: No, mate, no, I... Um yeah, mate, I I wasn't used to it coming from Australia where you just gotta make sure you're you're pretty running fit, but um I think they do it a little bit different in Wales. Um first Welsh coach I've had and, and it was a it was a it was very different for me, but um once again, you know, you you learn one or two things and and you and you move forward and, and luckily enough I did that so far.
0: One of the things which I love talking about is actually the way that teams play their rugby. Could you just tell me a little bit about how London Welsh went about play, playing the rugby and the sort of strategies that they'd employ?
2: Um, yeah, mate. The, there's probably not too much to talk about. Probably like <laughs> we not not trying to be rude and not trying to discredit um, the coaches we had because you know they they put a lot of time in and and worked really hard and and they've had some really good success um, in previous years and and since then. But um, I think it was just more the preparation, mate. They from talking to a, a few of the boys from the previous year, they probably weren't um, weren't tipped to come up to the prem. You know, I think they just did it on hard and and soul that year. They had a really tight group mm. um, and and beat. I think it was. I beat. They beat Bristol to to come up to the prem, and, and Bristol were tipped to were tipped to win that one. So um, they don't have a big backroom staff. Um, you know, I, th- I think we had officers of what three or four three or four people in the back room and you come to premiership clubs and they've got, you know, backroom staff of over a hundred people. So um, you know, I think it was just tough, tough for them, mate. They weren't prepared. Um, they didn't have the resources that other Prem clubs do, that's for sure. Mm. Um and probably didn't sign as many players as as they needed to um coming up into the Prem. So you know, they you know, it was tough. It, it, I don't really wanna discredit anyone there. They they everyone tried their best, but it was probably just a lack of preparation and resources that that led to a that led to a tough year. Um you know, we we they signed a few players like a Petty Fanua and, and we tried to tried to go through teams, through the middle of teams, um and we sort of only had uh one kind of strategy. We we sort of we didn't know what to do when that didn't work, we didn't have different options. So um you know, you you go to better teams with with sort of stronger stronger squads, um, and you and you realise that you've got to have three or four different strategies going into a game. Um, you know, if you want to beat the best teams, you've got to throw a bit a bit at them instead of just throwing it to one or two big boys and getting them to run into brick walls. So, um, you know, I think that's something that majors really brought. Um, to Leicester. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've, we've playing a wonderful attacking style of rugby, um, and it, it makes guys really excited to go out and, and have a crack. Um, there's definitely still that physicality side of things
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We've got
2: to run over blokes, but, um, you know, the, the standard of rugby these days, it's pretty rare to see guys run through the middle of teams. So you've got to have that um, skill level and that ability to shift the ball and, and find space also.
0: Hmm. Not to dwell on the London Welsh experience then, but was there ever a particular game that you have in mind where you thought, what on earth am I doing here? Why did I make this decision to come over to the UK?
2: Um, oh, there were probably times, mate. Um, probably the first winter I had when it had been sort of four or five months without winning a game. Um, and, you know, you're driving two and a half hours I was Out to your home ground out of Oxford, and it's and it's about zero degrees, and you're sort of 30, 40 points down by half time, isn't the isn't the sort of highlight of your rugby career? But um, you know, I always sort of always sort of just took the good with the bad at London Welsh, and it was a good experience, and it was a good ex- opportunity to play lots of rugby in the Premiership and and come up against some really good back rows. Um, you know, every week I'd sort of look at the other oppositions. You know, line up, and you'd see some top quality number eights and back rowers, and you think, God, this is a this is a great opportunity to come against players like this, which which I wouldn't have had back home at all times. Um, so, yeah, you just got to take the good and the bad, um, and there was definitely still a lot of good involved. Um, I made some good friends, and and it gave me the opportunity to go to Leicester. So, um, you know, it yeah, I, I don't dwell on it much. Um, it won't be the highlight of my rugby career, the the time at London Welsh, but it it was a it was a pathway to get from Super Rugby to to be playing in top quality Premiership finals and and European finals. So I definitely don't regret it.
0: Do you think part of that experience made you a better player?
2: Um, oh, mate, I don't think it's made me a better player, mm. um, but. I think it might have broadened my perspective on um, on on just life and 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 um, you know it's it's probably you know before that I probably got down on myself um, back in Super Rugby if I didn't play one week or or um, things weren't going well at times, but I think probably what it has done is I don't think in my rugby career again it'll probably be as bad as it was that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's uh my perspective on how things are going through a season is is I, de- I definitely stay a lot more positive than I than I did previously because I've probably seen how bad it can get um and I got through that that year so I don't think probably my rugby career will throw something worse to me than than that year so in terms of in terms of um in terms of that mate yeah like I don't think it's made me a better player um individually but it it um it it did something for me in terms of having a perspective on um, not getting too down on myself, both individually and as a team, when things aren't going well.
0: Mm. Well, you must have done something very well there because, of course, the next move you made was to Leicester. So how did that come about? Did you know that they were interested? Was it a certain game that you had which which caught their eye? Do you even know?
2: Um, I don't really know, mate. Like, I, I know during my year at London Welsh when we came against the big teams um, like Leicester um, Bath sort of teams like that I, I did try and play my best rugby um, just because I knew if, if you played well against the top teams like that in a, in a team that was struggling that will hopefully have a look at you so uh, I did and yeah I, I played Leicester at home and, and I went all right that game I played seven that game versus First Salve and went all right. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, know. I know Phil Blake, who was at, who was at Leicester Tigers as a defence coach that year, put in a good word for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he had coached me at the Western Forces in my first year. And ah. I really got on with Phil, and he's he's a fantastic coach. He's got a really good vision for the game oh. um, and, and has a lot of respect for players that, that he's coached. So um, I got on with him really well, and I know he put in a good word for me. Um, to Cockers and the coaches and, and probably got my name on, on the sheet for them to start having a bit of a look at. Um, and then, yeah, lucky enough, um, you know, th- th- towards the end of the year went up to start making some decisions, um, you know, I went up and met Cockers um, and had a look around at, at, at Leicester and, and really liked the opportunity that, that could have been ahead. Um, and, yeah, I decided... It wasn't time to go home yet, and and gave it a crack, and I'm very thankful I did.
0: Yeah, out of interest, where is Phil Blake now?
2: He's at WOS, mate. So yeah, he went home and did a little bit of stuff, and and now he's back as at WOS as a defence coach. So oh, um, yeah. yeah, he's doing a good job there, mate. WOS was having a good year, and and the defence has been pretty strong so far. So Have you guys um, I'm pl- sure he's been happy with how his his sort of first few months has gone at WOS. Have you guys played them yet? Yeah, we you... played them round two. We we lost at home to them, which was a wasn't the greatest game for us, but yeah, we'll try and try and make up for that when we play them at, at the Rico. Um, you know, when, when we play them round two.
0: It feels to me like now when you when you play for Leicester,
2: there's always a space
0: for you in the team, and it almost feels like they engineer somewhere for you to go. I think you played at six, seven, and eight this season. So what is your preferred position?
2: Uh yeah. I prefer playing number eight, mate. I, I think it's a good opportunity to get my hands on the ball during a game and, and um, you know, probably I'm not the most natural seven. You, you see a lot of sevens like Brent and Will Evans, et cetera, are um, really good on ballers that are a bit shorter and, yeah. and um, probably a bit more flexible than me, mate. So, um, you know, I'll, I've always played eight in junior rugby um, and, you know, I, I've yeah, it's definitely my preferred position in the back row, but... Um, the way we sort of play at Leicester and in that back row, it's a bit of a good balance, and you just, um, you know, you just play different roles each week, and and just play some smart footy. So I don't think it really matters at, at the moment if you're playing six, seven, or eight at Leicester. It's just it's just that right balance of of the back row each week, and we've got some really good back rowers. So um, you just got to make sure you're, you're playing well each week, otherwise someone else will take your spot.
0: Now, I might have this wrong, but you just alluded to it. Then, different roles within the back row. Uh, what are the roles that our major expects you expects you to perform in your attacking duties?
2: Um, oh, you've just got to fit into the the game plan, mate. So yeah, you uh, you know, you've got to have that balance of physicality in the middle, and also that uh, bit of edge attack um, in terms of catch pass and and being able to be a distributor between the between the forwards and backs, so <clears throat> um, you know you see all our back rowers; they, they all add something a little bit different. Um, but you know, as as a whole, we've all got to we've all got to have that right balance of physicality and, and a good good skill level to contribute to the way we want to play as a team.
0: I do notice with the Leicester back row, and actually this is particularly prevalent with, with O'Connor. Because if you look yep. at his tri scoring rate at the moment, it, it's pretty good. You yep. guys seem to be spread out wide quite a lot. Is that something which incidental or is that something purposely you plan for?
2: Um oh, a little bit of both, mate. We we try and play wide to wide footy a fair bit, so we always want guides in the in the wide channels and if that if that means you know, if the backs are pushed in then it means that you probably don't want your tight five out there, so it means one of the back rowers can um can hold some hold some width out there and be a ball carrying option um, out on the out on the wide channel so um, it won't happen all the time especially coming into the next few months when it's a bit wetter um, you know you'll probably see most of forward sort of towards the middle of the field but um, it's definitely something that major and major cocker's wants in the, in their back row is is a sort of a ability to play in the wider channels a bit with the backs as a distributor and and being able to mix it up mix it up out out in those wider channels with the back. So um, Brendan, yeah, does it really well. He runs some fantastic lines and he's, he yeah. runs, um, you know, he's a good support player with some good skills. So he's, he's had a really strong start to the year too, yeah.
0: Mm. Well, we spoke about Phil Blake earlier on. Um, yep. And, of course, recently you uh, Leicester have just parted ways with, um, I was going to say Steve Hanson. It isn't Steve Hanson is it? It's Scott Hanson. Scott, Scott um, Hanson yeah. Now, the Leicester defence hasn't been at its best this year I mean what are your thoughts on this um and what has changed from say that Glasgow game which wasn't Leicester's finest time to what we've seen recently which is a, a, a much better effort um on the defensive side of the ball
2: uh yeah mate I you know i um Scotty Scotty uh was my mentor at, at Leicester and he was he was really good individually for my game he um you know he's got a good knowledge of the game and he's he puts in huge amount of effort to to individually making guys better rugby players um so I had a lot of time for Scotty um unfortunately you know it didn't might be click and, and we definitely didn't defend um the best we could have in the in that first block of games um I wouldn't say that's Scotty's fault i you know as as players we have to take responsibility for when we go out there to to make our tackles and and we weren't doing that so um you know the the last six weeks have been a lot better. Um, we've you know we've put responsibility on ourselves as players um, that we have to lift the standards and and also brought in some simple defensive um, structures that that uh, and roles that the guys can be accountable to. So um, you know I, hopefully Scotty goes well in in his coaching career back in New Zealand now and and he picks up something good because he can offer a lot to to a team that's for sure um and yeah going forward as as players i'm i'm sure you'll see a lot better defensive effort from us throughout the remainder of the year
0: just tell me about those simplified defensive structures then
2: um i think what we've done is giving guys roles to stick to so um you know instead of making decisions during a game we've, we've gone through stuff at training where where you know on on a Saturday or a Sunday when when you're playing who's who's where and who's making tackles where and who's man you've got um, from set piece etc. So um, you know your defense you, you don't want to be making too many decisions during game day. Um, you know what teams are going to throw at you and, and you want to be clear um, who's who's man too so you can you can make sure you you bring that physicality um, since you've got that knowledge right so. You know, I think that's what we've tried to focus on the last month um, and making sure our mentality's right on game day. And, uh, and I think um, from that racing game going forward, it's it has been a lot better. And, and with this big block coming up, um, you know, we we'll, we hopefully win a lot of games on our defence.
0: That's interesting, actually. So do you have an exact idea of what is expected from you from, say, a scrum or a line-out?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yep. Okay. um from from all set piece um we all have roles um to do you know no matter what happens we should we should all know where we're going to be yeah awesome so uh, would
0: you be able to, to tell me in the listeners then because this is sort of geeky geeky stuff that, that we like for instance exactly what you'd be doing uh, off off the back of a lineup
2: in terms of listeners they probably notice what what most guys do you know the the guys that really get rugby but um you know as an eight and a seven you're normally towards the back of the line out and um you know from a midfield breakdown etc. you'll you'll be first round the corner you don't want everyone holding the short side so um in terms of back rowers um you'll normally be getting around the corner and and getting into those one two three positions to make that to make that uh first tackle um in that second phase so yeah you know the, the roles are roles are different um you know, depending on, on a scrumman line-out or a five-man line-out, six-man or seven-man line-out, so they vary a little bit. Um, but, yeah, what, what we do know now is sort of um, where we're going from set-piece and, and what your role is, and, and now it's on the player's responsibility to make, to make that good tackle.
0: Now, you're not the only Australian in England making an impact. Of course, there is Eddie Jones, too. But unlike Eddie Jones, you are qualified to play for England. Have you had any discussions yet?
2: No, mate, no. I um I've you know, never met Eddie and and um you know I'm just trying to concentrate playing well for Leicester and, and repaying the faith that Major and Cockers have given me. So um really enjoying my time playing for Leicester. Haven't thought any about anything else. Um you know, and and, and you know, I'm sure I'm sure Eddie Jones is very happy with how how Billy you know is playing at number eight for them. Um, he's a quality player, you know, one of the best number eights in the world. So um, you know, I'm just trying to concentrate on on playing well for Leicester and hopefully uh, hopefully winning a trophy in my time here.
0: But just to be clear, you would definitely take the call,
2: mate. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd definitely take the call. That's for sure. I'd love to have a chat, but um, you know, I think the the best way of of going forward is just playing well at your club and, and playing week in, week out and, and trying to match it with, with the other, you know, the, with some of the best back rowers in the world that you get to play against in France and England.
0: Well, I think you've nailed that part. So uh, we just need to nail the um, Eddie Jones part now.
2: Oh, thanks, mate.
0: <laughs> now, before we came on air, I asked you a question because I read through, you, through your Wikipedia profile and it says that you had a role, role in politics. Can you just talk me through that?
2: yeah mate I um nothing nothing very serious at all my um <clears throat> my dad is um head of a right to life organization back home in Australia and and um he was asked to to um to head up a seat back home um so yeah it was pretty much just a favour for my old man he he got me um, to sit in the seat of Eastwood where I play where I played rugby since I was eight years old and and try to get him some sort of, I guess, easy votes from some of my friends from from the rugby club and etc. like that. So I don't think it mattered at the end. Um, we, no one no one won too many seats, and I'm sure I probably didn't get many votes either. But it was just um, when your when your dad asks for a favour, mate, it, it's pretty hard to say no, even if you if you don't want to get into the <laughs> polit- political side of things. But um, I was happy to do anything for him, and and yeah, it was a. It was a short political career that's for sure <laughs> so does
0: your dad have a elected role or is he just involved in some stuff
2: uh n- no he, he did it for a little bit mate but um you know I, I, he was more just trying to help out um you know and yeah I think that that sort of side of things is is, is still tough to do he, he still works full-time as a gynecologist and he's He's got um 11 kids and and lots of young kids at home and um I think that keeps him pretty busy mate so I think it keeps anyone um, busy Yeah I don't think um I don't think he's got much time anymore to do the political stuff but um he you know he, he does try and help out where he can for for causes that he that he really cares about um but yeah mate I think he's I think he's too busy at the moment to to put anything else on his plate
0: You've mentioned that your primary focus as it should be at the moment, is playing well for Leicester um, and doing the best job you can for them. Have you thought anything about your future going back to Australia, what you're going to do after rugby, that kind of thing?
2: Um, Yeah, you you always think about that stuff. Um, But, you know, I I don't want to rush any decisions. Um, You know, I I would like to play back in Australia at some point um, before the end of my career, um, especially if that, you know, is if I'm lucky enough to to go home to Sydney and and play in my hometown, sort of in front of my family for for um, a few seasons or so. So, um, you know, that you'll never know what happens, and I don't know if that opportunity will come up, but um, you know, it would be nice to to play back at home with some of the boys I grew up with, um, and you know, w- you know, the, the stadium I sort of live 25 minutes away, so um you know that side of things would would be cool to do again um you know i left the waratahs when i was 21 years old so i didn't really um didn't really make the most out of it um in in my time there and it'd be nice to go back and and play a few more seasons there but you know i'm really enjoying things in england at the moment you know leicester's is the the biggest club i've ever been a part of and and um you know i i very very happy here at the moment that's for sure um, so I haven't really thought too much about about my rugby career post post sort of um, you know my my leicester sort of contract at the moment but um in terms of life outside of rugby I've I've been lucky enough to finish a degree um, sort of 6 months ago Well what's you did your degree a in? degree in um in business commerce and I majored in marketing so it was good to finally finish that um, it took me it took a took a while doing part time with with the rugby stuff, so I finally finished mate. And yeah, i will probably trying to look to go into management roles. Um, so I've just been talking to people and and trying to make some good contacts at the moment um, in in sort of marketing and in and in more so management. Sort of looking at either owning or or managing bars and pubs, or or a bit of uh, management in in resorts or hotels or or the third option, sort of managing players and and being sort of a, a manager for sort of people and and their in their lives, etc. Like that. So they're the sort of roles that I find interesting and and hopefully hopefully don't have to get a job um, for a few more years, mate. But it'd be nice by the time I finish to to have a few options up my sleeve and, and to be able to make that transition smoothly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Where did you get your degree from?
2: Um, so I started at Sydney uni and then when I went over the Western force, I moved to university of Western Australia. And then I sort of, I realized that it was, it was getting quite hard moving all around the place, um, and changing unis every few years. So I, I went to Swinburne uni, which is in Melbourne in Australia and it's, um, you can do it by correspondence online. So that was a lot easier, um, in terms of not being, not having to go into uni every, every day off and. And um, ticking those boxes. So I finished my degree at Swinburne Uni, which is yeah, a lot of the a lot of the rugby players um, that have been in Australia and then come overseas um, sort of finish their degrees with them.
0: Last question then. This year is a big season for Leicester, and also for yourself. What would you consider being a successful season for Tigers?
2: Um, yeah, we've you know we've talked about this. It, it, you, you set your goals, and I don't think it'll be, be a successful year and, unless we bring back a trophy. So either either the Premiership or, or Europe, I think, um, you know, we'll be disappointed if we don't bring back one of those trophies. So that's the aim at the moment. Um, you know, we might not have had the best start so far, but, um, you know, we beat Racing Metro in our last Europe game and we're sitting fourth in the Premiership, um, you know, with, with an important block coming up. So um we know that the 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 standard in europe and prems you know just getting stronger and stronger every year and and you've so many good quality teams but um at the same time we know the squad we've got um we can beat anyone and and and, yeah the the goal is definitely to to bring another trophy back to welford road um in in may
0: well Lockie, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest I wish you every luck in bringing that trophy back to Welford Road, wh- whichever trophy it may be. And I hope Eddie Jones gives you a call soon.
2: Oh, mate, you're yeah, yeah, very generous and very nice. And thanks thanks very much for having me, mate. And, and it was great having a chat with you.
0: No problem at all, mate. Massive thanks to Lockie McCaffrey for coming on today and sharing his experiences in the world of rugby with us. In the meantime, until next week, you can find us on Twitter, at jbeardmore, at The Rugby Dungeon, and at Rugby Podcasts. Like the Facebook pages for both our podcasts, and of course, visit our sponsors, Beer52 and Cornerstone. Next week, we're going to have a really exciting guest on. Uh, not exactly confirm the day that we're going to do the interview. We should have the Facebook Live back, but trust me, I don't think you'll have heard an interview like it. It's not a player. It's not a coach. It's not even a reporter. It's someone very, very interesting, and I don't think you'll find another interview like it. I think the things you'll learn as well will be absolutely staggering. So I hope I've not oversold it, but I think it's going to be a fantastic interview next week. So look forward to all seeing you then. Goodbye.